0: Revived Thoughts is a production of Revive Studios. This is Troy Angel, and you are listening to Revived Thoughts. This week we are bringing you a revived conversation on a topic that Joel actually kind of brought to us Thank um,
1: you. Thank you. a few
0: episodes ago, I, I believe during a revived conversation or something he gets It was during, basically. it was when we were recording our uh, our deep dive on the Church of Ethiopia. Uh, yeah, and it was just kind of this idea of how much of history has been affected mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. pastors or chaplains or people who are pushing, you know, for God on leaders, and how this is actually kind of like, in a lot of ways, a gigantic forgotten chapter of history. And doing revived thoughts, I can say with 100% confidence that it actually really is. Yeah, I mean, imagine all the world powers over the past however many thousand years, you know,
1: ones that left an imprint and a footprint in, in society as we know it. And then ask yourself, did they have like a, you know, the way I'm phrasing it and the way I'll probably title this episode is spiritual advisor, right? Like you have someone, part of your advisory council, whose job it is to uh, keep God's interests in mind, you know, during as as he advises you, right? Uh, But yet, could you name a single World Powers spiritual advisor? You know, like they very much are in the shadow i mean they're they're not. you could definitely google and find out a lot of people but it's not it's not mainstream it's not some. they, they don't get the spotlight they don't get uh the attention that the leaders themselves have and it's kind of neat because in some ways they might you know they they could if you look at it that way be responsible for some of the greatest things that have ever happened uh i guess you could also cynically take the opposite approach and say they could also be ex- <laughs> uh, examples of <clears throat> some of the worst things that have happened as well. So, uh, I guess it depends how genuine of a of a believer that advisor is.
0: Well, and so and it, and to be fair, like it, this isn't just a Christian thing. This is a worldwide thing. Spiritual advisors are usually kept in close connection to whoever is running the country. But as Christians, we have, you know, Christian countries or Christians who have often been placed into positions of power and they get to use that for good. Now, obviously, we have the you know the biblical examples of this well, Joseph in Egypt, Daniel, and uh, Babylon, and then Persia. So, I mean, this is something that's literally a part of our faith, as in a part of our core faith. But this is also something that continued to happen. In the episode in Ethiopia, we were talking about how these spiritual advisors to the king at the time of Ethiopia helped convert the nation to Christianity and how that would allow the spread of Christianity into that part of the world. Of course, later on, bad spiritual advisors allowed the kings to declare themselves uh you know the descendants of Solomon and kind of created this divine mess of a place to be. And so this kind of works both ways. Like you said, Joel, there are the good examples and the bad examples of how this works. But I wanted to run through just kind of a couple, a couple examples because the spectrum is actually quite broad by what we mean by this. And and let me give you an example let me say what I'm saying. So in a more a little bit of a more modern sense and uh, Lisa's show, Revived Radio, that she used to do before Mars Missionaries. She would go through radio pastors, and some of these guys who would be on the radio before the days of really TV uh, would get these opportunities to preach to big groups. And one of them was specifically the chaplain to the United States Congress, Peter Marshall. And he would always get up, he'd lead prayers, he would preach to the people. And this was something that was really, quite honestly, very, very common to have sermons in the middle or between or, you know, during Congress and it's kind of a crazy thought. Can you imagine that today, Joel? Like, imagine they're getting ready to pass a giant, you know, uh, bill or law or whatever legislative things about to occur. But first, we're going to have, you know, the the the, the Congress chaplain, chaplain get up here and give a couple sermons for a while and really lead us in prayer. Like, that's not something um, that we really see happening anymore, but. 50 to 60 years ago that was common in pretty much all of the Christian countries of the world and even at that point that was it dying the chaplain position is a lesser position than this position would have been really back in the day in the kingdom days especially when you were in Europe and the kings they would have these people would have real positions of authority and power now go too far back you know you're gonna end up in the more catholic days when the priests quite literally have authority and power and the kings are actually coming to the priests there was famously before uh the first crusade the, the the catholic church and the king got in their tiff and the king had to come to the catholic church begging forgiveness to be let back into the church and that's a real display of power but that's not really the ones we're talking about we're really looking more for these spiritual advisor positions here you're, you're peter Marshalls who have been going through history and did these people you know, we like to think of politicians as kind of almost always greedy or selfish, or they just self motivated. But worse, I think, I think that's unfair. The cri- the word of God does not return empty. I think some of them would have been affected by these spiritual advisors pushing and pointing them in the right direction to go. All righty, Troy. I so I got one for you. You ready for this? I'm ready. All right. So first of all, let me let me prefix
1: pre prefix mm-hmm. this by uh, asking you: Do you know what? Um, Eternal life is literally translated like what the literal meaning of eternal life is in a biblical context.
0: No, give it to me.
1: So my understanding, and I'm I'm, I'm, not, I'm no scholar, um, but it's it, uh, maybe a more genuine representation of what eternal life is referring to in the Bible would have been called age of ages. It's the age of ages, right? In the in the the sense that you have the these different ages that are eras that we exist in right uh but there's this ultimate age that transcends all of these ages you know we're we're in a age of death because we're gonna die here but the age of ages goes on forever it's eternal troy let me tell you about a little gentleman in uh in history i don't know you may you might have heard of him i'm not sure uh tell me if you've ever heard the name abraham
0: lincoln uh yeah wasn't he wasn't he friends with martin luther but the the mm, refer- is that that abraham lincoln quite, but um okay now now i'm losing it was he was he uh give me something he's famous for i'm not you know i'm not really <laughs> Abraham Lincoln.
1: president of the united states in the mid-1800s oh my goodness yeah
0: during oh during the yeah. 1800s that would have been like what during the gold rush was that what he's famous for? Oofed.
1: well yeah <laughs> technically I guess that I, I, I mean, those errors line up. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was trying to think of something that wouldn't line up, but I still did. No, okay. you, you, you
1: failed. The War of 1812,
0: Abraham Lincoln there. That was no, no, there's no, your no, joke. No.
1: <laughs> Civil War, Abraham Lincoln, right? So uh, do you know who Abraham Lincoln's pastor was? I do not. I, tell me. I feel like his name might be somewhat uh, uh, recognizable. I feel like I've seen it before, even though I couldn't tell you where. Phineas? I'm, I'm assuming his last name is Gurley, G-U-R-L-E-Y. Sounds right. Phineas Gurley. Phineas Gurley or Gurley? Gurley. Gurley. If oh. you know a Gurley, r- write
0: in and tell us how they
1: prefer to be called. Phineas Gurley. Um, fascinating dude. You should check him out sometime. But I was really fascinated reading uh, through his life story. You know, he's a minister, he rises and and gets promoted and moved around and eventually becomes a, a part of the White House's board of advisors, right? Spiritual advisors here as a pastor here. And I found it interesting. It seems like he was ready and in position before Lincoln became president, right? Which I also think is a fascinating concept. Imagine being Put in a position where you you know, hey, you're going to be the spiritual advisor to the next president of the United States, not knowing who the next president of the United States was. In today's day and age, I don't know if that's a position I would be particularly excited for. I think I'd be more nervous and scared for just because you don't know who you're going to get. Like, it could be someone that hates you. But yeah, Abraham Lincoln came in to office and they started working together and, and Abraham Lincoln would attend girlies church. Uh, He was a pew holder, which was the thing they used to do back in the day where you would, instead of like giving offering, you would rent rent a pew for lack of a better, for lack of a better, like you would, you would donate money to the church and then uh, save your seat. Like this is my seat, baby. I got it. I got it rented. Uh, Which just, was really, kind of,
0: really common in the 1800s. Yeah. I mean, it was not just... A, it was a worldwide thing. It seems to fly, like, as much in the face of James II. Like, don't treat the rich and poor any different. Don't say to you, sit over here and you sit over there. I, I feel like it could not run more counter to that. But I'm not in the 1800s. I'm not sure what their arguments yeah. were like. Oh, no, it's nothing like that. I, I would be curious what they would have said. Yeah, I don't. I would be curious. I mean, I, I would imagine that's something to do with just, like, the
1: social... Uh, pressures around just like what donating and giving and offering was like in the church and society to where they thought that like, oh, you can give to the church this way through this, you know, like this, this is just the system they they settled on is the best way to give money to the church. I don't know. It is kind of strange to look back on. But, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that was their setup there. He was a, a basically just means like he was a loyal, uh, a tender of the church. He wasn't a member of the church, but he was an attender of the church. It's really interesting to see their relationship develop over the years because from all accounts, I don't know if I would consider, it doesn't seem like Abraham Lincoln was maybe the most spiritual, Christian. you know, you could debate whether he was a Christian in his earlier years, even even earlier. T- I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say because everyone, especially, you know, first big re- Republican of that era in that day, uh, they have that Christian, eh, most people in that, that era, you probably have heard the gospel as well. But what does your life show? What does your life reflect? What are those fruits? You can definitely see a very clear progression as Abraham Lincoln gets older, as he goes through more things. He takes his faith in his spirituality more seriously as time goes on. And Phineas Gurley is there for that journey. Abraham Lincoln, pretty tragic wife. Uh he lost two sons. Is that is that right? I know he lost one son. I'm pretty sure he lost two sons over his I'm pretty
0: sure life. you're right that it was two
1: sons. Uh I know for at least one of those, the latter one, uh Gurley preached at the funeral for it, and that seemed to be kind of a, a wake up call. And Gurley and Lincoln started meeting more and more regularly, coming over and obviously going into this tragic war of the american civil war and everything that that faced it weighed on lincoln and, and they would spend lots of time chatting and you can see these little vignettes of, of people interacting with phineas Gurley, uh that kind of give you a sense of what their relationship was like there's a quote here and you pull it up because i want to read it right but uh there's you know one morning where phineas was seen leaving the white house and uh, another you know like a war advisor was speaking to him saying, oh, like, you know, we, you were just meeting with the president. I assume, you know, you were talking him through some, you know, there's battles going on and stuff like that. Did he need counseling about like, you know, some war battle that uh, was particularly rough on him? Like, like, assuming that their meeting had to do something with the war. And Phineas replied, far from it. We've been speaking on the state of the soul after death. That's a subject that Mr. Lincoln never tires of. I've had great many a conversation with him on the subject. But this morning, however, I was the listener and Lincoln, he did all the talking. And I love that just like vignette of like, oh, no, we've just been talking about like what happens to the soul after death? You know, what is eternal life like? Uh, And, you know, that today Lincoln got so excited that he was explaining to me what, you know, all of these things that he thought and all these things that that uh, he understood. Like, that was such a, a, a short quote, you know, like a, a one-sentence quote like that opens up the mind so much to what must have been going through Lincoln's head. He, he's dealing with so much, leading a war, uh, grieving over his son, but he still has time to chat with, with his pastor about what, this, what happens to the soul. And I thought that was really neat.
0: Uh, I think it is really neat. I think it tells you, too, just how important, you know, the role of a pastor is. We we often see, you know, we, we we as Christians, we don't want to treat the rich and poor. We don't want to treat the great and the small differently because we treat everyone the same. But in treating everyone the same, Christians can often be the one person that a leader can kind of turn to and know that they should be able to get the real thing. And this isn't just true of the leaders of history. This is true in your own community as well. You're, If you are a pastor or you are in ministry, hopefully you are a place that the business leader, mm. um, that the local mayor, whoever it is, if he were to step into your office, he would know, she would know, you know, that there is some people in their lives that will treat them the way they're supposed to be treated. It doesn't matter. You know, a great example, if you have Elon Musk come to your church doors, mm. I would hope that, you know, you will share the gospel with that one and that you will be the pastoral counsel to him with as much love and care as if he was anyone else. And I know that's easy to say, but it is obviously so incredibly hard because let's be honest, if we have a phone call on one side from uh, uh, from Elon Musk and on the other side, we're getting a phone call coming in and it's the guy who's been a, your member of your uh, church for years, but he's been off and on in prison the whole time. How are you going to treat these two guys the same? I don't know. It's very difficult. And yet... As Christians, they're all the same. They're all souls in God's eyes, and that's how we do it. Pastors that end up in these positions throughout history have an especial duty to walk that road that way and to treat these people that way. And yeah. it's incredibly, I can't imagine how difficult it would be to do that. I'm just curious,
1: you know, because cu- coming up on the end of Lincoln's life here, every, he pulls every string he can, he, he rearranges all of his power to take advantage of every little ounce of power that he has to try to get this 13th Amendment passed, right? And I'm curious because everyone was saying it's not worth trying to get the Amendment passed right now. Like, we're going to win the war. You don't need to do this. It's going to be impossible to do You're just going to make more enemies. But he pressed forward and he got the 13th Amendment passed and that changed America forever, right? And I don't know how much, you know, his pastor had to do with with the way he it, you know if not directly responsible still somewhat responsible just for helping you w- shape your worldview of what life is like right like, it, i'm sure i'm sure phineas Gurley was not saying like hey you've got to abolish slavery forever you got to pass the Fourteenth amendment you know he's not he, he might have been but more so and i think this is the important thing behind the scenes is uh you're just there to help Maintain the spiritual health. Like you're just there to make sure that they don't lose sight of a a biblical worldview, and I think that's what Gurley seems to do a really good job of. You know, Lincoln obviously killed, uh, assassinated. Spoiler alert: he does die. And there's this moment where everyone is gathered around his body. You know, as because it took him several hours to to finally pass away there, and they're talking about what they're going to do. All of his advisors are, are trying to figure out what the next several hours look like, what's going to happen. And as Lincoln slips away, they hold this prayer that Finney leads this, this prayer for Lincoln, his family, you know, the nation, what it all looks like. And when the prayer's over, the only quote that's, that's recorded as going out is now he belongs to the ages, just meaning that his soul is now, eternal it's out there it's 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 with God forever and I thought that was a neat book into his his life and Finney's role as spiritual advisor coming to it in there as well
0: well so that was a good one and it does tie back into why you asked that question earlier which I, I had to had, had bring it
1: around full circle because well
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is this is podcasting production professionalism that we expect mm-hmm. from Revised Studios well done so that was really good oh thank you all right Obviously, Phineas Gurley here is a wonderful example of how a faithful chaplain can not only affect the person that they are walking beside, the leader they're with, as Joel pointed out, the progression of his faith growing and growing, but also imagine the effect that had on the people around Lincoln who are seeing his faithfulness and it's encouraging them to also be faithful. And then the effect that that branches out uh, into the entire situation. You know, I don't want to say if Phineas Gurley had not been there with Abraham Lincoln. We wouldn't have won the civil war, but you know, there is that question of how much did each of these roles play into the effect that allowed that. Abraham Lincoln is one example. There's many others. Another really good example is from very early on. We, we featured an episode by a man named Samuel cooper whom no one remembers and and that's kind of okay um it's against you know what we do we like to help you remember them but this was an earlier episode it wasn't one of our our best ones we weren't quite as good at revive thoughts yet and but he was this interesting guy who was basically the pastor over john adams and john quincy adams and john hancock all at the same time going to his church during the revolutionary war And you can really imagine how important that person is. I mean, he's shaping the spiritual walk of two of America's very earliest presidents and also John Hancock, one of the very important founders of this uh, republic. You would think that that is somebody that history would spend a lot of time talking about and being like, hey, you need to know who this guy was that had such an imprint. And yet very little is ever said about him in your normal textbooks. I don't know why we skip over this important part of it. But it would have to have played a gigantic role. What Samuel Cooper believed on things would have been passed down as what the people in his congregation were supposed to believe in things. Another example is actually another thing about George Whitfield, also, uh, had a profound inf- impact on a certain Benjamin Franklin who got to see George Whitfield speak to the giant crowds. And said he was actually like profoundly moved and actually changed his view on religion and history because he had believed that the Old Testament was lying about one man speaking to giant crowds until he saw George Whitfield do it and said, well, I guess it is possible because I saw it happen with my own eyes. Um, And so just interesting things like that where these people, and it's not just American history. uh, Britain has tons of examples of this. I think of uh, Charles Spurgeon. Uh, He got to speak in front of the queen at like the age of 22. Uh, Queen Victoria, imagine, is speaking in front of her, at the apex of like British's, you know, Britain's empire power, what the effect those sermons had, and Queen Victoria really loved sermons, and she loved good ones. And when she heard about, you know, a pastor, or a new guy in town preaching, well, she'd have them come and preach for her. Uh, and we did an episode on George Matheson, who was this blind pastor. Uh, who had a sermon on the patience of Job, and it got around, people were loving it, and she requested it. He, this blind pastor, got taken to the queen to preach this sermon in front of her, and she loved it. She said everyone should have a copy of it and sent it out to be published for everyone to read because she loved it so much. So how much are these, you know, these spiritual life advisors, either through preaching, through being a pastor, through being a chaplain, how much is this affecting world history and really real ways. I mean, think about it. If, if Queen Victoria is a Christian and she believes I need to show love and kindness to others, does that affect her diplomatic relationships with other countries? And does that affect alliances that are formed? And then does that go on to affect future wars and just in one simple way? And I would say probably does end up doing that. And could it have all rooted been rooted back in her spiritual beliefs that were being guided by pastors and chaplains? And it, it, when you try to think about just how much of an effect this can end up having, It's a little bit crazy, and there's a reverse effect too. By the way, these chaplains and people who are in these positions also are deeply affected. D. L. Moody started actually uh, before he was the D. L. Moody. He was a little pastor who then got called to you know during the middle of Civil War starts, and he goes to be a chaplain to the Union Army, and eventually learning to preach and catch the attention of men who've seen battles, who've seen bullets. And counseling to them by the end of the war, he's walking with some of the best generals and best men in the union. He's refined his practice, but he's also been deeply convicted of how important his job is because he's seen men die. And he knows that that sermon he's preaching might be the last one they ever hear. And D.L. Moody's one example, but there are many examples too, where these men, you know, were walking with the soldiers through war, preaching to the kings and preaching this. And then when they go off to their future congregation, they're carrying that burden with them, uh, Jay Gresham Machen is another one I think of, who was on the front lines of, the, of World War One. You know, not as a chaplain, but as a just a spiritual advisor role as a YMCA help, uh, who passed out hot cocoa and then did Bible studies to two or three soldiers. But hot cocoa, yeah, hot cocoa. You know, the boys love a love a good cup of hot cocoa after seeing their friends yeah. uh, blow up. And I mean, but he saw people die. He would have been in the camp when it was happening. He he himself. They had to go through gas attacks. He was almost cut off from the line and almost they had to run to get to the line to get out of harm's way on multiple occasions. He comes back from more, how much of that is you know driving him to live for God when he's back in America. So this is a knife that cuts both ways. These people who walk through these powerful moments of history are then taking those powerful moments of history with them into their congregations. And I think carrying that with them forever. And this also doesn't include the people like John Newton and William Wilberforce who are going out of their way to get the attention of political leaders and, you know, preaching sermons of what we would consider political sermons today for sure, but say, hey, Slavery is wrong and we're going to continue to go after you members of parliament and go in front of every speech we can to point this out to you through sermons and pamphlets until you wake up to the fact that slavery is wrong.
1: Yeah. I feel like you can't help but ask yourself, uh, you know, do you have a spiritual advisor? Not, not that, <laughs> not, not to boast you up with pride or, or, uh, you know, think that you're a great world leader, but uh, in the same way that these people are there to help people, help keep people's worldview in check. You know, do you have a t- that type of person in your own life? And a lot of us don't, you know, a lot a lot of people don't have a good friend that is encouraging them on a spiritual level and uh, helping keep them in check on a spiritual level. Um, but it is wildly important. And I would encourage you, if, if you don't have a friend like that in your life, seek one out, go, um, you know, it might not be someone that uh, you can socialize with the best you know they might not have your same sense of humor but find that type of relationship because i do think everyone is better because of it you know with, with that uh they're better off with it
0: so that really turned that was very personal turn so you know do who's the spiritual chaplain over you right, right? that was that yeah. was quite good uh but it is true Joel. i mean if we we think that these spiritual leaders have deeply impacted history You also are probably in need of these people, or you have your local pastor as well. Hopefully they are also able to counsel you and treat you with some of that wisdom too. Uh, One final one, um, and this is not the final, we didn't even begin to exhaust the list of these that we could have done. Uh, But one final one that I think is particularly heartbreaking, but kind of interesting is a man named John Bradford. This guy was a huge lover of Jesus uh, during the Reformation early days. like he, he was there and they called him the holiest of the reformers, which is a pretty holy group of people, generally speaking. So they must have really loved John Bradford to give him that nickname. And he loved the king at the time. Um, and the king was great. And he was like, this king is going to go places. And for three years, he was the pastor to that king. And he was so... Um, just thought this guy was the greatest. He's gonna really make Christianity rock and roll. And then the king unexpectedly died, and he we actually featured a sermon again, a very early episode. Um, but he was so heartbroken. He was basically like, "This is God's judgment on us. We're we're in trouble now. How could we let this king, you know, you know, die? It wasn't anybody's fault. But things are gonna get really bad. And he was right because the person who took over was uh, Queen Mary. And she did not like that sermon, and she did not like the fact that John Bradford, who was you know kind of the, the chaplain at the time to the royal throne, was just throwing uh, pretty strong sermons her way, saying basically you're not you're not going to be able to do this, uh, you you don't love Jesus the same way, you're not um, you're not going to care for the Christians at the time, et cetera, et cetera. Well, she did not like that, and very quickly uh, he got thrown in jail and would eventually die uh, for these opinions that he had and that he was willing to share. And as much as we've talked about the really cool things that happened through chaplains and their positive effect through history, I think you can, we've only scratched the surface. I mean, the Abraham Lincoln one was really well done, but there are just so many people like this. But they have to also mention the fact that these people put a lot of risk on the line. They risked not just their reputations, uh, but people like John Bradford, they lost their lives because they were then placed into positions of authority where they had to speak the truth, even though, If they did, the people in charge would not like it. And so just in the same way that this was a great uh, thing and was used sometimes for good, just in the same way that we mentioned sometimes the priests and people would use it for evil, sometimes these people would be put in positions where they had to speak truth, knowing full well that the consequences would not be good, and they weren't. Yet they still did so. And many people don't remember the name John Bradford today, But he is remembered in heaven for having the courage to tell Queen Mary, what you're doing is not right. This is not good. And you are not living the way you're supposed to. And he lost his life for those words. And yet he was telling the truth. And the Lord was using him to give her another opportunity to repent and turn back. And really it is only out of love would you speak so forthright to somebody who has somebody so much power uh, over what will happen to you next, specifically. So, again, it would not have been right to end this episode without mentioning that it takes a lot of courage to go mm-hmm. and be chaplains and be those people who can help uh, change the world for the better. Uh, whether there are, you know, you're kind of your military chaplains walking with the generals or these leadership chaplains, but doing that and doing that well, it's a forgotten aspect of history. It's not one that we think about a lot, but God has His people just planted all over doing this kind of stuff, and sometimes it goes really amazingly. And we see the leader kind of coming to Christ, and it makes all the difference. But, you know, we also have the reverse where sometimes that person is just preaching truth, knowing that the uh, the ax is getting sharpened for him because it's, he knows what's going to happen next. And yet the Lord is winning in either case. And it truly is an amazing thing um, just how much power God has over history. You know, the, 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 the way of the kings is decided by God, it really is.
1: Yeah, it's all fun and games when when the person you're advising is receptive to, to what you're saying, but uh, when they're not, it takes, yeah, it takes boldness, uh, and that comes from the spirit. Awesome. I think that's going to do it for this episode of Revive Conversations. If you have a topic that you think would be fun to chat about, write us. Let us know. Thoughts at gmail.com. The email is in our description of uh, the show notes of this episode. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out. We'd love to hear from you. If, if Any thoughts, you know? It doesn't have to be an, a suggestion for an episode. <laughs> Anything at all. Just write in and tell us. we love to uh, hear from you. We'll do our best to reply. Uh, and we thank you so much for our, our Revive Thoughts community. It means a lot to us.
0: Yeah, there's nothing better than getting an email, getting a message, getting a tweet, getting a whatever comment or however you reach out to us. But there is nothing greater than hearing that an episode was used in a positive way in your life or there was something you enjoyed. It, 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 it is very encouraging every single time. And so we really do appreciate when you guys do that. This is Troy and Joel, and this is Revive Thoughts.